Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marvel Crisis Protocol. We will have our Xavier Protocol segment, some hot takes discussing something new and shiny, and our main topic of the week. We would like to begin by thanking you, the listener, for giving us your time to listen to our opinions of the game. On the podcast, we have Jacob, Sploosh, and myself, Dizzard. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Danger Room. I am back finally um, from a hotel this time again uh, in the process of moving. So that's kind of where I've been not here is because of the whole moving process. So it's been exciting. And Jacob and Sploosh have been doing a wonderful job of keeping this thing going for us. Um, so, yeah, welcome back to you guys and myself for the week. And let's just go ahead Desert. and jump What? Which one's better, the hotel you're currently staying in or being overseas? <laughs> um, the internet is about the same. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess we'll we'll get into this when we start talking about this. Actually, let's go in right now. Um, let's talk about this week's. Let's let's go over this then. So, comparing this hotel to Iraq, um, my room was way cleaner in Iraq, and <laughs> we uh we got here to this hotel and literally like the floors are just disgusting uh you walk around and the bottom of your feet are like black within seconds of walking around the floor and there's like sticky stuff on the floor so we went through and cleaned up the whole entire floor when we first got here um and the bathroom was far from clean um our our second night here or a third something like that um i start hearing like with this water noise and then all of a sudden um i go into the bathroom and there's water gushing out of like the vent for the shower just like like somebody like the floor above us is taking a shower or something and whatever is going on with their drainage system is dumping all the water from their shower into our bathroom um <laughs> and then there's a there's a hole in the ceiling too that there was water coming out of uh yeah so they changed this rooms that night and then um we get into the next room that we're in now and then the following night, uh, we come back from dinner or something like that, and the key card unlocks the hotel door. Like you know how like it goes like a green light and all that stuff, and um, it wouldn't unlock the actual handle. Like the handle would not open. Um, so I called the hotel desk, and about an hour later, they send somebody by, and dude literally pries the door handle off the door. Like tries to like just completely has to change out the whole entire lock system because of how. Like it just wouldn't work, um, so it's been a wonderful experience here. Uh, then on top of that, playing um, around one season, season six, um, the internet. I mean, we're or we're feeling the struggles now. We're ten minutes in, but probably only got like two minutes audio. <laughs> um, it's just the internet's just wonderful here, um, and I just wanted to give a big shout out to Wargaming Dad for putting up with. Uh, Having to play a silent game of MCP over uh, TTS, um, basically we use the the chat function to kind of like specify um, very specific things. I would say like us like being like fairly experienced players, like it made it easy because we knew kind of what each other was doing because we know the characters. Um, so it wasn't too hard, but it was definitely like a struggle and created some very uh, mis <laughs> some very unfortunate scenarios to where. Um, Cause I'm playing foes and I set up a turn thinking I was going to gain priority, not realizing Proxima went and did absolutely nothing. 
um, and then husband wife over to Corvus. And then I'm sitting there thinking he saw his Proxima to go. So I set up Carnage and set up everybody thinking that I'm going to have priority, only to realize as I'm ending my last activation that he is already done. And now I'm going into a turn without priority, thinking I had priority and all set up for it. And it was terrible. Um, but the game went great. Um, it was, uh, I ended up winning. Uh, 19 to 13, which was really fun. Um, just a really good game overall. As a real good back and forth. Ended up with um, Thanos and Toad being the last two alive out of everybody. <laughs> and uh, Toad holding a, a scroll. So I got real lucky at the beginning of the game. Uh, got that scroll with Toad and just ran away. And that's all Toad did the entire game was ran away as far as he could to the farthest corner of the game and kept trying to hide from Proxima and Thanos, which was extremely difficult to do because of mothership and proxima moving so long and all that but again it was a great game and big shout out to wargaming dad for putting up with a, a struggle of a game <laughs> what was what was your secures that's a high scoring game uh mutant madman hmm. uh his a lot a lot of his points came from him killing people because he came oh, that's true. You have he, one character left <laughs> yeah so thanos ended with like six damage on his healthy side um, I did not take out Thanos at all. Like I was more focused about Corvus and Proxima because they were the bigger threats at the moment. And um, I will say, uh, I will say this: um, Jean, as a counter to Black Order, like she didn't feel like she did a lot during the game, but she did at the same time. Um, which she actually did a really cool thing in the beginning, where Toad ran up to the middle, and then I used Jean to backpedal Toad, and then Thanos couldn't teleport toad into the middle so he can like get the scroll and all that and actually worked out really well and just gene's presence on the board actually kind of creates a handicap for thanos to where it makes him have to think about more about what he's going to be doing um and how he's going to spend his power to do his move movement shenanigans um and it basically made like the time gem um extremely necessary otherwise he would have only been really technically only having one action most most times um so gene against black order is actually really good um like in theory it seems good on paper it seems good and everybody talks about how they think gene be really good against black order and now that i've actually been able to put it to the test i will completely agree like gene is amazing into black order so wait so you're saying first turn you were able to get a power on gene and then bring back Toad. okay so, so here's here's what i did with that um i had lizard Basically, I sacrifice Lizard. Um, I Lizard go up, take one of the Madman points, and then run right into the middle of the board as bait. And then Thanos teleported him in, and he nuked Lizard. And then I R&D'd Lizard before he died. And I was able to give everybody else one power from Lizard, basically sacrificing himself. Um, my thought with that was I needed to lose a character, because if I was going to ever have a thought of getting priority, I needed to lose a character. Um, and Lizard was just the easiest one to try and lose. Because uh, that way he had to sink a lot of resources into it uh, because he's a little bit tanky or rather quite a bit tanky. So he's going to have to sink as many resources as, as I could possibly get. Um, and it really did. It took Thanos, Corvus, and Proxima hitting him to take him down. So uh, it worked in my favor because all of his characters are focused on one character. And it allows me to do the stuff I needed to on my side of the board and not worry about him sinking Toad because then she can go up and move toad herself to put him into a safe spot so i kind of used lizard as a sacrificial pawn to power r&d as well as to kind of help me get a chance of getting priority which never happened i never got priority the entire game so you but then you did do what i said right 
so Toad goes up, flips, gets a crit, takes it, and then Gene moves him, and then the next turn they try to move him, and then you Gene says no. Uh, he was fa- he was far enough away right? that he couldn't get to to within four of Toad to move him. Um, and then this also comes yeah. down to like being able to like make something more threatening than Toad with the secure or the extract. So basically, yeah, Toad goes up with outside of two of the thing, um, flips it, and then he's stuck there. And then Gene goes, moves him, and then he was more focused on one KOing Lizard and um, trying to keep it so Carnage didn't get to him. Because if he just went after Toad instead of Carnage, then it would have been bad. Which he ended up not KOing Carnage. I, yeah, because I all you got in Carnage, and that's what took him out. He got he got real close to taking out Carnage, but I got lucky with some dice. Um, but yeah, so Toad got moved by Gene. And then once I was finally able to go with Toad, I just moved, moved, hop. Um, and at that point, I was pretty safe with Toad. He couldn't get to me. Okay. And then Carnage has five defense dice, so he survived some attacks from who? Like Corvus? Uh, Thanos. Thanos. Thanos was picking up Carnage. Now I'm just Carnage. really curious. Sorry. This is just, you got, you, you got me so curious. <laughs> so Thanos. Okay. So Thanos. Th- was yeah. Thanos was beating strikes. up on Carnage. Uh, strikes. And then once he had the power to full dice, Cosmic Blast. Um, then he ended up pushing Carnage into my own Sinister Traps because I was silly and kind of did a misplacement on that because I still am bad with Sinister Traps. Um, so we pushed Carnage into Sinister Traps. Oh, and like, God. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, but Carnage ended up living with one life or something like that. Like Even after all the throws. And I got real lucky with dice. Um, but Carnage ended up living wow. on one. And I was able to come back and fully heal himself with Paint the Town Red and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's... That's maybe a spoiler for future talks, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It was a great I mean, game. Hey, it you, definitely you took down game. Black Order as foes. Um, did you play Green Goblin? Uh, I did not. Um, <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, soon, but yeah. no, in this matchup, I didn't really see. I really didn't see the need for going against um, with Green Goblin on that one, just because I felt like my best yeah. bet was to try and take out Corvus as soon as possible. And we were playing at 17, I believe it was. And um, I wasn't going to be able to fit Carnage and Goblin. And, yeah, 17. Um, yeah, no, like, I'm not saying you should play Green I Goblin. To in order to make 17. Otherwise, I would have been... It probably wouldn't better, actually. No, no, the point values were super weird because I wanted to run Gene. Gene was what made it weird. Um, I couldn't run Goblin with Gene at that point value. Yeah. But it, it worked. It worked real well. Okay. Um, there was a lot of mistakes I made though, because I, I took Mysterio on Mutant Madman. <laughs> oh God, but yes, that is a horrific mistake. Because you want to be running yeah. around just scoring and being annoying. Um, oh which, yeah, but the best thing was Mysterio is like Mysterio made all of his rolls. He went up to a trap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he went up to a trap. <laughs> I'm not on even the first counting the fact roll. that he, he uh, ended up. <laughs> Yeah, the fact he rolls one, one. die is uh, <laughs> absurdity. Um, but the fact he is not fast. Well, uh, the best part was too is he he did a hypnosis gas in Proxima, and he had like five hits or something like that, like something ridiculous. What? Um, and like, yeah, he he took out Proxima um, with a hypnosis gas, and it was just like because hypnosis gas. Then he moved her. Then he tricks the traps, and I took her out that way. Uh, that's <laughs> like. Like Mysterio played well above what he should have been doing. It's a fun character, though. Yeah, it's cool. Congrats oh, yeah, on your absolutely. win. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that was great. But what about you guys? Uh, I hear that the Danger Room is all 1-0 right now. Yeah, uh, I can talk quickly about my game. Uh, I played a really nice guy called Josh, uh, who's from sort of down my neck of the woods where I grew up, sort of, not really, down in the bottom corner of of England. Um, He hasn't played loads online, uh, and this this was his first uh, TTO season. So um, it was, uh, he he made a couple of mistakes. Um, He was playing Dormammu. And I was playing defenders, and he put me. I won priority, and he put me into gamma when I was almost certainly going to outnumber him. Uh, he did have the option to go into like um, uh, midnight suns. He could have gone midnight suns, and uh, he put me into gamma, so I was just able to do some controlly things. That was one mistake. He then ran Dormammu, Blade, and Scarlet Witch at seventeen, which was was fine as a team, but. Instead of having Scarlet Witch sit on the back gamma and having Blade come up to punch me in the center, he did it the other way around. So he had Blade having a lot of ineffective activations because he knew he couldn't move off the back gamma with Blade. Because if he did, I'd lob someone through a portal and go and sit on that gamma shelter and score three points. So Blade wasn't doing very much all game. Uh, and he did a decent job of you know trying to, trying to contest the center. Um, but eventually it got to the point where after he you know, he dazed my Iron Fist and given me priority. So Iron Fist had just enough power to hop back through the portal and use the Iron Fist attack on Dormammu. Um, and then he only had, by that point, Scarlet, which had been taken out. So he only had Blade to deal with the rest of my team. Um, my MODOK was rolling atrociously, though. He rolled like uh, no more than two hits on any of his attacks all game. It was just, it was just awful. <clears throat> but luckily he got a few sat powers off in order to do some bowing, which is all you really care about on Gamma anyway. Cool. Uh, it's kind of funny the way you're describing your game. I feel like, you know, if you guys have seen Stranger Things, there's like the upside down is like the opposite world. Uh, basically, like I, I played the opposite upside down version of, of your game uh, because I was playing Dormammu. <laughs> My opponent was playing Defenders and um, I played Modoc and he rolled great. Uh <laughs> It's kind of funny too because Moda. So I saw everybody's playing Amazing Spider-Man in with Dormammu, and I'm kind of jealous because actually that seems like such a cool idea uh, for various reasons. But I chose Modok, and um, there's various reasons for that as well. Like I originally was playing uh, Scarlet Witch instead, but then I couldn't fit No More Mutants, so I was like, well, if I'm not bringing No More Mutants, I might as well just bring Modok because like it's Modok. Um, and then Modok kind of carried me in my game, and I was wondering, like, oh, maybe, like, if I was playing Amazing Spider-Man, this actually would have been worse for me. Uh, definitely into Defenders. Uh, my opponent was also playing Modok. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd want to play Amazing Spider-Man into Modok, even though he's much better than the other Spider-Men. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. Uh, oh, the opponent, his name is Jesse. He's actually uh, from, like, Sooner's meta, I guess. Um, I, mean, I don't know that there's anything like super notable in the game other than Modok felt well. Really, Modok and Dormammu felt incredibly oppressive to Luke. No, not Luke Cage. Uh, Iron Fist. I mean, it's just. In fact, I even kind of misplayed because I was so overkilling Iron Fist that I, I almost like played too carefully. Like there was a turn where I moved Modok into out of range three to kill Iron Fist, and then I realized after like, oh, like I have Mystic attacks. What the hell am I doing? Like this is just much easier. Um, and then there was an actually a funny moment because, 
So my opponent, uh, the second turn, I, I killed Iron Fist. Like I just removed him from the board, and uh, I'm attacking with Modok, and he says he's going to use Heroes for Hire. And my first thought was like, well, that's kind of pointless because you can't actually throw Modok since he's size four. And I'm like, well, I didn't say anything because you know I'll just see what my opponent does. Maybe he has a plan. And he actually did have a plan. His plan was to move Iron Fist away from me. And then if I don't one-shot him, then he's out of range four. It was the theory. Uh, so then I, he could actually like run away. Um, one thing, though, is I did throw something first. So I had him softened up. He actually only took one, but it was one. And then Modok did four damage and just killed him. So it didn't matter. But I thought that was pretty clever. Of all the things to do with um, Heroes for Hire, like actually running away and hiding further range than the person can attack is actually kind of cute. Um, and it almost kind of worked. Yeah. So not, that was kind of fun. Nothing I considered was heroes for hiring into Strange's defensive buff range with my own uh, fist. In the end, I went for the more aggressive of, oh, well, if I survive this one attack from Scarlet Witch, I'm then within range two of Blade, and I can start doing energy strikes into Blade, which is sounds like a good idea. Uh, yeah, sadly, he did get one shot by Scarlet Witch, so, you know, dice happened. But yeah, it turns out having Modok and Dormammu into the Iron Fist is the most, like, what, second most popular character in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. It probably was a pretty good call. Uh, and, and Maze of Spider-Man isn't that great into Iron Fist, turns out. So, I don't know, maybe Modok will end up just staying in my list. We'll see. But um, Dormammu got a win, so I'm happy. Hopefully I'll go undefeated, and then I can say I told you so to several people who said Dormammu sucks. <laughs> Well, I go into talk a bit about uh, my Xavier Protocol section. Oh, yeah, yeah we have that. Going to be a short one this week. Uh, I posted out uh, a link to uh, the Oscorp Weaponry uh, article that I wrote, gosh, over a year ago when we first got Green Goblin's leadership and saying how good it is. Uh, in case you haven't seen that recently, it's really good. And it was, re it was already really good when you needed to pay one for it. Uh, if, when you look at it, it takes off between one and two defensive dice, and it's the more dice you have, the more it takes off. So, like six dice against spider foes is about the same as four dice defensive. So it knocks two dice off that. But other things like um, four dice with uh, spider foes looks pretty similar to two defensive dice in terms of the, the spread. Uh, it does things. It's not particular. It's not as good into cover. Clearly, it's still a benefit, but. Um, when you're modifying yeah, the extra block you tend to get from cover, you're making them re-roll that, and sometimes it still comes off a block. So it doesn't quite, it doesn't really cancel out cover. Um, but it can do good things against people who have re-rolls, because then you can go, right, well, that re-roll you've now hit, I'm going to make you re-roll it, and you're more likely to miss it. So it can more than cancel out a re-roll one, for example. So if you haven't had a look at that, if you want to go and see the numbers again, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes, I'm sure. Uh, but just go and reevaluate that leadership. So I think a lot of people thought it wasn't that good, and I always thought it was good. It's just it was awkward because of the power economy of it, the way you had to spend a power to maybe generate a power if you were using a builder, and even then it was only like five-eighths of the time that it would pay itself back. Yeah. And yeah, you got the extra damage, but a lot of the time it meant it wasn't worth using. Now that it's free, it's really good. Oh, and it's so worth using. <laughs> Because it's free. <laughs> is it basically Pierce? Like, or no, Pierce just negates a period. But I guess the timing is what I mean. 
Timing. It's the last. Uh, it's so. The step nine is the modified dice step, and you modify your own dice. So the attacker modifies their dice, the defender modifies their dice. Um, oh, you mean yeah? It's the same same timing step as Pierce. You're right. The attacker applies rerolls. Yeah. So it's because nine B point one. I think we mentioned this earlier, but the the timing with these characters that can roll wilds on defense, which I think like we might see Captain Marvel re make a resurgence in the future since we know her character is getting buffed, um, you know, and then uh, Doctor Strange and Magic both have like this, uh, you know, roll a wild on defense kind of thing going on, mm -hmm. right? Um, it actually makes me wonder too, actually, has game into martial artists, so in a weird way, it could be better than Pierce, kind of. Right? It has a chance to be because it's like you're not automatically getting a blank. Oh yeah, I think the maths of it is way better than Pierce because Pierce, you have to hit that wild trigger, whereas you always get this reroll. Oh, that's interesting, man. What if you had Pierce and this, and someone rolled like a blank and two hits? You could. Or no, but they roll even. Well, I guess they roll oh, a shield. You would, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, they roll a shield. You change it to a blank, and then you re-roll the blank. Right? Can you can do that? You could, but why would you bother? Well, I mean, you have Pierce. It's not like you like chose Pierce. So I'm just saying. I mean, just interesting to have Pierce and this like, because you so, have Pierce anyway, right? It's not like you elected to activate Pierce. Like Pierce just happens, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a so, it's a must, not a may. But yeah, it's you can still sequence it whichever way around you want because they go in the same trigger step. Um, so you can put them, you can do pierce, then reroll or reroll, then pierce. I think it's better to go reroll than pierce because if you reroll and it's still a block, then you can just pierce it to blank. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Interesting, good point. Yeah, so well, I mean, but I'm thinking with martial artists where it yeah. would, the pierce doesn't help you, kind does of it, thing. But, does Craven, Craven have pierce? Uh, I can look. I don't remember I if he does or not. I think so. Uh, and the answer is he does not. He has no, elusive. Okay. That's right. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I've always kind of liked the idea of foes, and I've been very patient, as most of us have been, for them to be good. So uh, it's pretty exciting for their leadership to get buffed. Um, and not paying power. Yeah. I mean, does this just make them strictly better than X Force? Because one of Absolutely. the arguments was <laughs> X Force's ability is free. Well, I mean, that, so, that's no longer. I mean, a look at the characters. Like, like I don't know. In my opinion, foes have better tactics cards. They have better characters, and they they're just a better performing team. And now they're going to have like a solid leadership. Like, in my opinion, foes are two leagues above X Force. You know, I pick you up on one of those things. You think that. Spider foes have better tactics cards than X Force. Absolutely. Yes. One. That's not one hundred percent. Yeah. Really? Have you seen the <laughs> X Force leader tactics cards lately? Yeah. I mean, it's like cat and mouse is the one, right? That you get the full yeah, that's, move. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So that's that's okay. that's the that's the one that's the one that you're probably taking nine times out of ten, and yeah. like I don't know, like to me, Midnight Sun's completely. Like un like made the value of cat and mouse go out the window because midnight suns do cat and mouse every single turn for free. 
like like essentially they get the benefit they get the benefit my problem man and i I don't think you'll quite say because some other people do it more more better that it's still not good movement effects are really good so i I agree Mm. but like x-force's issue is like like if, let's say you cat and mouse saber tooth. Saber tooth can get up to the middle objective and make an attack on somebody if they overextend it a little bit. Cool, that's pretty neat. You do cat and mouse on cable. He can jump, bump up and he can take a shot on somebody round one, take two shots. Sure, uh, that's pretty cool. But cat and mouse, like it benefits you round one, and that's about it. And most of the time, like yes, that's what X Force wants because they want to be a hit hard and fast and score the game and get it done and over with as fast as they can. Which I always thought was really weird because I, I say that about X Force, but they really like the slow scenarios um, because they want to. They're, they're, they're killing they're team. Yeah, but they want they yeah. want to win the game fast, which is like contradictory of itself. Um, because every time I've played X Force and I've I believe I've played so much X Force, um, like they they fizzle out after round three, they just fizzle out and they have no more like gas. Um, which is where I'm hoping. Which is weird for an attrition team that should yeah. be like getting stronger as the game goes on. Which is where By their the tactics way... cards need to be helping them. Like their tactics cards are so front loaded that they help you out so much at the beginning of the game, and then towards the end of the game is where they fizzle out. Where foes, um, like you got sinister traps, which is really well, good. Well laid plans, which is great any time of the game. Um, not well laid, yeah, well laid plans. Um, and um, what's the other foes card? I can't think of it. Well, they playing Sinister Traps. There's the re- oh, Neo, Neogenetic. Yeah, and that card is great. Like throughout the entire game, because one, you're gonna take health off of a character who you don't want that damage on, and put it on somebody who doesn't care, like Lizard, because he's just gonna healing factor it, or Mysterio, because he's not really ever in danger unless you're playing really aggressive with him, which is kind of weird. Um, like you have so many options with that, as well as you could also just use it to give yourself priority. Like let me neogenetic recombulator, whatever it's called, over and kill my own character. And now I have priority. Um, and so like that card's great throughout the entire game because you have those options. X-Forces, tactics cards, you're really locked into like the only one that's really situational is pretty sneaky sis, but you almost never have the power to play it the way you want to. Yeah, it's, that one's. I almost think pretty sneaky sis should cost nothing. It <laughs> just should. be like, I, <laughs> oh, it'd yeah. be so, it'd I was be gonna ask good. you because you, you said their cards are good early. I'm like, what do you even play other than cat and mouse? I mean, I guess pretty sneaky sis is fine, but we we okay. I want to just tell people listening because they probably don't even understand. I bet you Dizzard has played like 70 games with X Force within like a three month period. Like I don't. Yeah, that I'd say I'd say I'd say around there, yeah. Because I was doing at least one game a day, sometimes two games a day, uh, over four months. So this, this is not um, just you having some theories. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, cat, cat and mouse only lets you move once, so it's like not even great for like the objective game. Well, it's great for the and objective like, game. It's, with meant, it's meant for killing, really. Yeah. Or, or it's good for objectives when you're using it on Sabretooth or Deadpool because Saber, Deadpool is a complete counter to Enchantress where she won't be able to move him off a point. Um, and Deadpool actually kills Enchantress, which is kind of funny. Um, but, like, I like it on... Decently, kind uh, of. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, pretty sneaky sis, though. I remember telling you to play it, and then you played, like, probably 20 games with it, and you're like, uh, it's barely good. 
it, it's, it's it's too situational. Now this is where I'm kind of jumping ahead now, but this is where the new rule changes will be great. Is being able to take ten tactics cards is now you can take pretty sneaky assist without having to cut something that you actually want and be able to play pretty sneaky when you need it because you don't need it every single game. You only want it for certain matchups. Okay, can you just I guess since we're on the topic, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> what are the Pretty sneaky sis, like super awesome. This is like why I'm playing a card situation. Uh, I love it on Gamma, and I love it on um, the B. Like map B? B? Map yeah, B, B. Right? Yeah, yeah, B. Or even, uh, what's the, the diamond? Diamond's F? D. I believe. D? Okay, well, so I, yeah. I guess you want it on the one where you get power. What's that one? Is that Infinity formula? Infinity formula. That's yeah, because so yeah, you're getting the power for sneaky yeah. sis kind of extra for free so it's it's good on that one it's good on like stuff like extremists um because of the the map shape but then like in those situations you don't have the power really to play it yeah that's what i'm saying so you can actually afford to bring infinity formula pretty sneaky in your 10 yeah and be like all right well when i get that combination (laughs) i'm good and then you're looking at dig that so let's, let's like back to the main topic though, like not main topic, but what we were talking about is like their tactics cards. And you look at dirty work, dirty work is like uh, right now I would not play X force yeah. as all X force. And that's the only way dirty work is going to work because there's so many times where you're hunting a model down and you leave them on one and the next character has to be the one that takes them out. Um, yeah. And then that's going to be somebody who's not X force affiliated. Like dirty work mm-hmm. is so hard to play when you're not playing um, 100% X force. And even if you are, the payoff for all the hoops you have jumped through to make this thing work is not even that good. Yeah, it's like three power profit on a traditional team. If it was VP, I could totally see that card. Oh being, yeah. yeah, I remember when we first spoiled this card. They spoiled oh, this card, and we I was were like I was so upset. <laughs> yeah, I was reading the card, going, "Did they get usurp the throne?" And I was just getting like so excited, and then you finish reading, and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, okay, well, I guess that's a thing yeah um but yeah yeah if they if they had like that as usurp like it would i would take it every single game like that would be their best card um yeah and as an attrition team it kind of makes sense too right like yeah that's kind yeah, of yeah, and then it makes you want to play all x force members yeah and usurp the throne with wakanda is kind of like an end the game card where usurp the throne with x force would be a catch-up like um like black order you know absolutely which so. and i've tested that like i've tested like playing killmonger with usurp with them wait usurp is only wakanda isn't it no it's anyone oh, killmonger. Play, it's just, okay that's right it's, yeah so it's just traditionally killmonger is a wakanda normally that these widow days. uh blood red and personal like those extra vp things and like it definitely helps x-force out when you can pull it off um but like like back to the thing like like 100 foes tactics cards outbeat x-force 100 like the only yeah. one that's in contention would be cat and mouse, but cat and mouse is only like really good on like one or two people. Uh, one of them is the leader of X Force, so I mean I'm going to push back just a little bit, and we don't want to spend ages talking about this. But <laughs> typically, most affiliations have one good tactics card. I mean Avengers, yeah. one good tactics card. Um, you know, Cabal, they've got two. Asgard, have got two. But you know Wakanda, one good tactics card. Um, Black Order, one good tactics card. So I think mm-hmm. having one good tactics card is kind of the status quo, and some affiliations get lucky and have two. Um, Guardians, one good tactics card. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> no, uh, Love of Wisps is genuinely good. It, um, 
<laughs> Black Order's got more than one, but it's just there's so many other good Texas cards right now. Like, well, the, sure, there's one that gets played, and that's what Blood I'm saying. is, is I mean, actually pretty good. Um, I, I don't disagree, but you just the way it's set up at the minute, especially yeah, with only eight cards, most affiliation, and if you're going dual affiliation, that's always been the pinch point, isn't it? Well, which is okay. Can I can I fit in this? affiliation won the one best tactics card from the affiliation i mean even brotherhood brotherhood's got some great affiliated cards books of truth is amazing and just it doesn't see play because uh, asteroid m does and i was playing yeah. brotherhood and i cut magnetic refraction which is basically an affiliated card because it just didn't quite work and so yeah i think one affiliate one good affiliated card is fine that's, yeah that's i don't know fair, man it's a, i think foes hey. i think foes have two really good affiliated cards and you don't care to take both of them because they're going to work. The cat and mouse is hilariously countered by Sinister Traps as well. Yeah. Because uh, of the fact the timing is that end of character deployment you do your cat and mouse and then Sinister Traps is like first power phase. So it's like alright, perfect information, time to screw over your any strat of getting that objective over there. Um, at least for the center grabs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Also, kind of funny that sinister traps, sinister traps can counter Thanos grabs, which is kind of a thing. Like on even on like Panic, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, let's see how it takes, guys. Yeah. Plus, where else do you have a tactic card? Where, where, where else do you have a tactic card that you can potentially one shot a character? Like, <laughs> it's it's so much. It's so. Oh fun my god! And I've seen it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's great. Um, no counterplay either. It's right. I guess there's indestructible or whatever. Invulnerability would protect you a little. Yeah, but for the most part, it uh, has like no counterplay. You just eat it. Well, it would only be crossbones and Thanos and Kingpin are the only ones that would be able to one book because it's a it's not an enemy attack. It's a because um, most other ones are enemy attacks. Wait, really? Oh my god, now, now you're making me... So... Wait, wait, hey man, character wait, wouldn't man, count. Let's get Iron Man. <laughs> oh, you're right, wait, Iron Man. It doesn't count towards... It depends on if, right? if it says enemy attack or enemy effect. If it's an enemy effect, then it's good. If it's enemy attack, then it's not good. There's some of them that say enemy attack. Okay, Iron Man's is just literally like... Do you take enemy damage? Attack. Minus yeah. one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Asgard are kind of alright with uh, Odin's Blessing, but they do need to have three power. Yeah. Yeah, well, they'll get their power when they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So Glaive of Immortality does not help you. Mm -hmm. Right? And this character would suffer damage from enemy effect. You're saying no, enemy that effect, doesn't enemy, enemy effect, it would. Oh, it's, it's only it says, attack. Yeah, when it says enemy attack. There's like one or two of them that say only attack, if I remember correctly. Well, now you've got me wondering. Now you got to look and try to figure out which one it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess let me know, guys. And Unless I'm crazy listening. and thinking wrong, but I could have sworn there was one or two of them that said enemy attack, not effect. I think that tends to be re-rolls rather than damage reduction because otherwise it wouldn't reduce things like throws. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Maybe not. Maybe I, I don't know that that exists, actually. I'm lying. I'm just lying now. It's okay. <laughs> making up stories yeah but it'd be cool <laughs> uh anyways uh do you want to talk about uh miss marvel real quick and then we can get on to 
the next thing. Uh, I think she's cool. I think she's definitely an interesting character. I think she's an interesting character. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't care for the model, and it's just in humans. Like, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so just in eh on her. Um, I think she's interesting. She's gonna have really weird extract and secure. I saw somebody talking about the fact that like on one side she's really good for extracts, and the other she's really good for secures, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I think she's an interesting model. And for three threats, she's not terrible at all. I think she's pretty decent. I just don't care for Inhumans because I don't care for the lore and story of them. So that's just me personally. But she's not bad. I just I probably will never play her though. Uh, I want to redeem you, Desert. Hulkbuster says when targeted by an attack. So it's kind ah, of there we go. what you're saying. <laughs> there we go. I got I got one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Miss Marvel, when I first saw her, my first impression is she's like a balanced Zemo. Because uh, ideally, you're doing her uh, big, you get big, and then she does a five dice attack, and then she's got Inhumans reroll plus, uh, what is it, Morph, Morphogenics or something? Basically, she gets to reroll two. Yeah. yeah, Morphogenetics, yes. Uh, reroll two dice from that. So it's basically, she rolls five, hopefully rolls crits or whatever, roll, re-rolls two, I think it's re-roll one after that. That's basically Zemo's kind of Master Swordsman, plus like the genius extra re-roll. Uh, and then she's doing that at range three instead of range two. It's physical attack, doesn't have any bleed or anything, but I don't know, kind of feels like Zemo to me. Um, is that good? I think, yeah, it's pretty good. The problem is like, you could just play Zemo. So... Um, she, you know, Zemo's got two power to kind of get his engine running with like a, a long move charge. Her uh, kind of grow big thing is three power, which you know, if she's hanging out with uh, Cap, which it's so weird because now when I say Cap, it's just assumed it's Sam Spam, but now I actually have to say Steve Rogers. Um, but yeah, Steve Rogers, uh, you know, kind of turns her into basically Zemo. Uh, with the pay to kind of grow big, which is kind of like a movement. Um, I'm sure people are aware now how she works, where she kind of like grows with her large base, and then she's got the range to attack. So it's I haven't actually done the measurements um, at all. I don't know if you guys have put any thought into it at all. But like, what exactly is like a change form? You know, range three attack. What's that exactly feel like? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I have to play around with it. Um, but it feels like it's probably like pretty decent for range. I assume it's got to be somewhat similar to a medium movement charge, range 2 attack. I assume it's got to be similar to that, right? Especially when a range 2 is... A range 3 is double a range 2. So it's, that's, that's definitely helpful that she's attacking at range 3, right? Um, her, her normal attack, when she's normal-sized, is actually kind of weird, too, because... She can attack range four, which is kind of cool. Uh, auto gains power, which is nice. And then it has this, what they call push, but it's really kind of what people call a pull, where she can like, you know, do like a web line kind of thing. Um, it is on a wild trigger though. And on four dice, uh, wild triggers are not that reliable. Yeah. So what, what's that like? A, yeah, she does have the reroll in human true. So it's probably, it's basically five dice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, actually, that's not too bad now, now when I think of it like that. I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, I just picture her kind of taking it easy 
and um, maybe just trying to snipe a power out of that punch or just get in position. Oh, man, I don't know. Like she need, in my opinion, too. She, like I could see her being played with like Dormammu or Steve Rogers because I do think that like you need to find a way to negate that change three power because really, I think for this character to ex- character to excel, you you want to um, kind of get the the power train going. And I suppose there's the argument of like her with like Red Skull or A Force things like that, where she can get power. And then in theory, if she's doing some good high five attacks, she'll gain power off that. So I don't. Now I'm kind of back playing on my thought. Maybe, maybe actually, you just need to get the engine moving, which that would fit well with Inhumans, and she is an Inhuman. So maybe the Inhumans give her power. She could probably do it on turn one, actually, if she's within Inhumans, right? With the doggo helping her out, and then someone else. And uh, yeah, then she's like turn one doing all this craziness. Um, I think the way they've built her like way, ability to interact with objectives at range two, um, it's objective tokens so that secures and extracts, right? Um, uh, yeah. That kind of makes me want think she's like trying to be chase. She should be chasing extracts, not holding them. I, I, I don't know how you. I, oh man, so it's interesting you know, if you attack I- someone. Go ahead, Jacob. I think it's kind of almost the other way around. What I've been thinking a lot recently is, unless you've got a really tanky character like, say, Hulk or um, uh, Hulkbuster, you know, someone who you can rely to stick around, the people who you probably want your extracts on are your smaller characters. Tend to be faster. Tend to have sort of some defensive tech like stealth. They're often on the on the lower threat characters. And what that does is it divides your opponent's attention away from your big impact pieces, you know, your 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 big four threat or your five threat, six threat character who's going to be doing lots of work. You know, in Brotherhood, you don't really want an extract on Magneto because you don't want them to have any more reason to attack Magneto and potentially take your big power piece out of the game. Um, so I see her, especially in humans, like you were talking about, if you're going to be playing her there, You've got not a lot of wriggle room because uh, with Black Bolt as five threat leader, he's going to be, you know, I have a massive target painted on his head uh, if he's also got an extract on him. So I think you kind of need your lower threat characters to be grabbing extracts. Um, so I, I think I, I disagree a little bit with you there. It's not a completely fully thorned form yeah. sport, but. So I guess she can do kind of like a hit and run, right? Because she changed. So one of the things that's weirdest about her is that she changes to get big during her activation. Um, And then when she finishes her activation, she shrinks it down every single time. You know, it's not like some of these other abilities in the game or she doesn't. She's never like big, really, for like a whole turn or like like a whole. Yeah. You know, like a whole round. And and, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but. I get it, and I think, you know, I mean, props to AMG. They have cl- clever ideas, right? My only problem, and it's just such a, nit- it's a nitpick, but you paint her giant model, and then honestly, in the game, it's like a pre-measuring tool, and that's it. So it's like, think about it. You, you, <laughs> and a lot of people didn't really like her normal stance mold. And I think it was fine, and and I, I, I predicted long, long ago that she'd have two forms, which I'm happy to be right. Um, but it's just weird to me because she's standing there as that little mini and then you activate her, she puts down the big mini and then it's like you're using her as like a measurement tool basically. 
and then you finish your turn, you pick up your big mini, which is really the flashier, cooler looking mini, let's be honest, and then putting it on the side of the table again. So it's almost like she becomes like a range tool, <laughs> you mm. know? Uh, it's, this is a nitpick, right? It's just a little not heroic, cool theme going on, you know? I think, um, yeah. The other nitpick I have is the throw on the normal side. Yeah. That creates really weird power math where you want to go, right, well, I want to make, I want to get to my big side because then I get these really cool attacks. They're not quite as long range. It's only range three, not range five, but I've got a bigger base and I get to place as well. So it's probably even more in range. I think it's probably like works out to kind of like a range five. If you think of that base as just like a proxy, I guess. Um, and you've got then this five dice with reroll two plus a reroll one, and it and that is a proper builder where I gain power properly, as opposed to this static one. So you're going to be wanting to race to that to get the good attack, but in order to do that, you have to you then lose out on the throw, which is you know often it's what you do at the end of a character's activation. Okay, and now I've built up some power. I will pay for this throw in order to you know claim that secure or whatever it is. And for her to have the kind of power we're talking about, you need to start this round on six power to do everything she wants to do. And then hopefully you build a bit more off the attack so you can then go and pick up the extracts that you've knocked off them. Yeah, I mean, with like five power, you do like one punch, throw, then change form, then get like one good attack in. I'm not saying it's like miserable, but it's definitely not ideal, optimal or whatever, right? I'm agreeing with you. And then... You know, I predict, too, maybe you're interacting probably with things a lot, even when you go big. So she's not totally keeping all the power she gains when she goes in big end. Because, you know, with the range to interact, I could see you playing like on meteors or something and kind of like popping her up, flipping a meteor, then like bringing her back. And there's some interesting sort of like kiting, anti-kiting tech with her, which is kind of cute, where like, if someone's kind of in your personal space, she can throw them off like because they probably wounded you and then kind of change size, get big while moving away from the character. And then and then when she changes forms again to go back to normal, she goes even further away. So maybe maybe you're right. Like she could actually be played with secures or going in at, or with extracts or going after extracts. I actually think she's probably got game into both. Mm. Um, something I was going to say though earlier is if a character's max range three of you and you daze them uh, and they drop something like an extract, uh, you can't, you're not in range to get it normally in this game. It's just kind of yeah. how the, the math works. Uh, however, she has interact range two, so it, it actually fixes that problem, which is kind of cute as well. Um, yeah. But I think so. Before we knew, like, they showed us this character before we knew about this, like, new, like, revamp they're doing to the game. And I thought, eh, she's not as good as Zemo. Like, I'd probably play her in Avengers. She makes sense with, with Cap, but, like, everyone's playing Sam Spam, so I don't know. Maybe that's not even good. But now that we know about all these changes, I actually could see this character being splashed. Um, because if they do nerf Zemo, which they, I actually have a theory that they're not going to do much with Zemo, but I think they might shrink his charge down to a medium movement. If they change him to a medium move, I wouldn't be surprised, but I kind of hope they don't because I think that's one of the cooler things about Zemo is that he moves long. Um, but if Zemo gets toned down more, maybe who the heck knows what they'll do. I could see her actually being arguably about the same as Zemo, 
See, and Zemo doesn't throw people either. And so, with and that's with the caveat of being in the right teams as well. Um, I don't personally know if she's going to be an A Force. She's definitely in human in humans, and this helps in humans out a little bit, probably. Also, of course, Medusa might get toned down, and Black Bolt might get buffed, so it changes a lot of things, right? Where mm-hmm. she actually could be pretty good. So I'm optimistic about her, but I think she's got the right tools and kind of things going on. There's some characters that maybe push her out, but with a little bit of rebalancing, I think she's fine. And not so much, you know, her rebalance as other people. Yeah. Weirdly as for energy defense too. I just noticed that. With a reroll. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So yeah, she's got she's got above average defenses because she's got three four three with a reroll baked in. So yeah. She's she's pretty good. But again, we've talked before about five stamina versus six six stamina, and she's a five stamina character. Sure. She's playing like a ranged character though. She's kind of got the best of the range character too because she can play sort of the range game while also interacting with things, which is kind of wild and different. If she doesn't get that three power every turn though, I think she's actually kind of terrible. <laughs> I, I also should say that. Like if you're playing her in like a team that doesn't synergize with her, you're probably not getting the most out of her. I, I could see people trying to play her in Web Warriors, for example, which... Web warriors traditionally have power issues, and you're just adding another character with power issues. It seems like maybe not the best plan, but I'm willing to be wrong. Yeah, um, and I think once she gets rolling, as long as you don't want to do too many throws, then she's going to be self-generating because you're just going to spend three, place forward with the transform, attack twice, make power. You'll have three power next round. It's all good. Yeah. Infinity Formula is great with web warriors. Why not just play her on Infinity Formula? I mean, that's a thing too, right? Um, I don't know that I want to... It's hard to like play a character, though. That's I wouldn't want to play, like for example, web warriors, have her in web warriors, and then just think in my head, well, she's really good when I get that random 33% chance. You know? Um, it doesn't seem ideal to me, but you could do it. You mentioned playing her with Dormammu. Given that she really wants six power, I don't think you do want to play her with Dormammu. Yeah, that seems like a problem, doesn't it? You yeah. basically never get the combo unless you take a damage. Ugh. <laughs> Damn, that is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I get why they did it. They even said in the interview online that like they added the throw on her small side to make you kind of want to do something when she's small. But like to me... That's an anti-synergy, honestly. Just way the way the game plays, like, yeah, you know, you got to be realistic with how the game is played out, and it's just that's traditionally how you play the game is you throw last often. Yeah, and you're you're going to have situations where you've got three power, and you're like, right, do I go big and then I have to KO this character, or do I stay small and guaranteed throw them? And the smart players for her to do the boring thing and stay there and guaranteed throw them. That's true. You know what, though? Her small size is pure control. So maybe the ability to kind of change gears is kind of cute. But you, you are kind of convincing me not to play her in Dormammu now. Yeah. Um, because the Dormammu personality of her wants to be big, but also would love to have that throw. So, you know, you, she can take damage. Like, there, there's so many factors, right? If someone attacks her, then she spikes up to six power, and then that changes things. And her, her throw is literally Storm's throw, right, to the T. 
And yeah. Storm's throw is pretty sweet. So yeah, the range three throw is really good. But I, I think yeah, she'll be fine in an affiliation that supports her, and maybe you splash for her in some of those ones you mentioned if if she's not affiliated. But I'm not really seeing it. Uh, so I think she'll be, she'll she'll do well in affiliation, which is kind of the the, the minimum kind of yardstick that they're, they're aiming for, isn't it? And so maybe she's a perfectly good character. Yeah, but being a three threat, it's one of the best best threats in the game is to be a three threat generally. Yeah. Will that remain to be true if things are more balanced? That we don't know yet. Maybe. Oh, it's yeah. like in in the past, three threats have been sort of the dominant species. I think because of Enchantress Medusa, four threats have sort of taken over a little bit and kind of kicked five threats out a little. And then, but with everything rebalanced, maybe how we think a little bit will change. It's I, I can't wait to see everything. So yeah, let's let's talk Goblin then. Um, his new card is so good, and in my opinion, like him having the leadership the way it's going to be, and his builder going from a four die to a five die on his healthy side and a five die to a six die on his injured side, literally in my opinion, is like like foes already had a great cast of characters, uh, but now with their leader actually being really good, um, I could actually say foes would be like an A plus tier. Like that's my hot take on it. Um, I'm so excited for Goblin to be the way he's going to be, and I think this the few changes that they did make him a very good four threat character and make foes something actually to be afraid of to see on the other side of the table, because he is going to be laying some hurt uh, on both sides of his card now. Yeah, it, it was really interesting seeing the cards that they previewed and then comparing it to Goblin because. Cap and Shuri and Modok were all kind of minor tweaks. They were they were important changes, but they were they were pretty small. And then you had Hulk, who got like a major rework. And Goblin feels more on the major rework end of the spectrum. And I know it's not actually that big a change. There's only like three things that changed, but they've really they're, they're big, impactful changes. The changing the power of an attack is is you know, one of the biggest things you can yeah. change. And then you're changing two of his builder attacks on on either side. And the leadership. Um, Wait, how how did they change the power in his attack? What did I miss? Sorry, uh, the uh, not the power, the strength. Oh, okay. I thought like Knight of the Goblin changed. That didn't change, did it? Yeah. Well, not only that, but like like pumpkin bombs is so good. Yeah, and w- w- attacks with wild triggers as well. Shifting the maths on that makes big impact. Uh, I'm just looking up to see if I missed something on the. Yeah, okay. The his spender's the exact same. I, I realize you're not trying to say that, but that made me wonder. Like, did they, they didn't touch that? All right. I have a question for you guys. So obviously out of having five dice on this front side is kind of the, everything everyone's ever asked for, right? Um what's the what's the deal with the six dice on the injured side though? Because he has one thing to spend power on, and he has unstable psyche. Which gives him power, and he's probably he has five seven health on his front side, so very very likely he's sitting on like six power on his injured side at the beginning of a turn, right? Okay, I'm just curious what, what like often he would do like a glider ram into like maybe a knight of the goblin, and then I guess the you're now buffing like the other attack he does. Is that the whole point? I mean. So I, I think kind yeah. of how he's supposed to play on his flip side is 
he's going to uh, glide around Night of the Goblin. And then depending on exactly how much power you have, you might get another Night of the Goblin, depending on where he ended up with power after being flipped. Hmm. Um, but then if he survives another round, yeah, he's going to build up some decent power, but yeah, I think it's kind of just going to make it everything run a bit smoother uh, in terms of his power on that second turn on his flip side. He also cannot interact with anything. Like he can stand on a secure if it doesn't require interaction, right? Yeah. But he can't actually interact with anything. So you're not spending power on that. I, I mean, I guess the obvious thing to say would be you can use tactics cards like Bitter Rivals. Oh, I guess. Well plans. Sure, well laid plans. That's fair. That's actually not a. That actually makes sense to me. Well laid plans is a good use of his power. Um, I mean, you know, if 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 AMG came up to me and told me any character I like gets six dice, I'm not going to complain, right? That's awesome. Yay, six dice! Like six dice attacks are awesome. But I just was like looking at the card and literally you just see like the one spender glider ram. And then this, his pumpkin bombs is only one dice less than Knight of the Goblin. And it's just, I don't know, it felt kind of odd to me. It's just like, uh. I mean, obviously on his front side, his healthy side, he'd have got hit and run, trick or treat. I mean, that's some fun stuff to spend power on, right? Um, and then Knight of the Goblin's more obviously better because it's two more dice. So... It's kind of, I don't know, it's just interesting. I think he's a character who's designed around using his spender a lot. Unlike, uh, you know, Enchantress. Have you ever used Enchantress's big spender? Yeah, every time I use it, I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I have a, th- like, I seriously want to Sharpie her three wilds text out of the card because I always fool myself into giving, like, this 1% idea in my head. Like, I picture, like, oh, it would be so cool. And then I don't roll any wilds for like three of them in a row. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a fool. So, yeah. but yeah. And you're better off holding that power and doing something more interesting with it. Yeah. Sometimes she just has to kill something and you're like, I'm going to do the best way to kill. I know how, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah, I hear you. It, it's, it's cool. It, you know, when he, I don't think that you're using the spender as often on his healthy side, I think, hit and run and trying to be cagey. And I, I tend to have him holding extracts personally because he can kind of play the range game as a medium-based si- uh, range four attacker. I, I know that um, there's this like thing where like medium-based medium movers can like contest far B points. And so if you kind of go that route, then maybe you play differently. Yeah, he, he was already one of the better characters for going to get far objectives, but then they got Lizard, who can do the same thing, but is tankier and cheaper. So maybe Lizard takes that role instead of um, instead of Green Goblin. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing a team that's kind of soft on aggression, I could see like having one of each of them on a side, right? And the fact yeah. they're affiliated and they're both actually good characters. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, that's kind of a thing you could do to annoy people. I can see that more actually with something like Criminal Syndicate, where they count double. I'm glad you said that too. I've played Green Goblin in Syndicate, and he obviously wasn't like a stellar player, but the idea is he has seven health, so that's cool. Um, man, I 
I think, I don't know. Because now he's fighting against Omega Red for the four slot. And I've talked to people about, well, what if you do dual affiliation? But I don't even know if foes need dual affiliation anymore. Mm. So then I don't know that dual affiliation is really relevant. I know Syndicate need help, but I found that Syndicate actually like hanging out with Cabal more in general. So I don't know. I'm not sure if Green Goblin will ever end up being super splash. I mean, even though technically it's not like a splash with Syndicate. Um, yeah, he's definitely a great member of his own party. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, do we lose? Oh gosh, do we lose Dizzard? Because yeah. I know he would have some thoughts here. Uh, he's just sent me a message. Actually, he says, "GG, best four threat," and then the XD smiley face. <laughs> Okay. Best four threat, huh? That's well, according to Dizzard. Um, hmm. I don't know Since if I buy into that. I mean, can you see wanting to take him in many other affiliations? Well, yeah, as I'm kind of saying, I don't think so. Hmm. Um, not that he's like, so he's a great character now, though. So it's not like a knock on him. And a lot of my favorite th four threats will probably get nerfed. And there's the number of leaders who you take out of affiliation is really small. Hey man, that's a good point. Like with the new cap, you know, well, new, new old cap. So <laughs> Steve Rogers, <laughs> um, I, I was thinking like I, there might be a world where I actually splash cap because I can't get over how stupid that shield throw is. Like it's basically like a flurry, you know, and it's pretty damn good. And there's no line of sight, no cover, five dice. Like, could you imagine if he's holding hammers? I know the the hammer meme is strong, but like, I actually have like looked at Cap. Like, hmm, this character is pretty damn good. And obviously, when the usual suspects are are nerfed or brought down to a lower level, it's like, hmm, I don't know. People say that Medusa is ridiculous, and she's got a flurry, and Cap kind of has a flurry. I don't know. And then oh, this Green Goblin, five dice builder is still just kind of average. I mean, I make fun of uh, I make fun of Cyclops all the time for having a five dice builder, and he has uh, hit and run as well. But I, I think you know, Cyclops has got bigger problems than his builder. I think actually a five dice builder on a range four attack is pretty good. Um. Yeah. So, well, so the big thing is Cyclops basically doesn't have a leadership. And this leadership's great. So obviously, as leaders, I would take Green Goblin every single time. You know, I, I would actually just trade Cyclops for Green Goblin, and and I would love if Green Goblin's name was Cyclops. Um, but that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess where do you think? Where, where do you think he fits in the in things? It's and it's hard to say without knowing like all the changes. You know. Yeah, um, do you know what I quite like him? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say in uh, Web Warriors, is really well potentially he can do those cool extract plays and get extra defense dice off Miles' leadership and rerolling skulls. Does he um, have rerolls? I guess just the defense they give yeah. him, but it's not really a reroll character. I guess well, no, and then Arch Nemesis doesn't care about skulls anyway but mm. can i just say too i've had some test games where i played amazing spider-man and conveniently had to play against a green goblin and the green goblin was like blazing killing uh spider-man 
And uh, that's with the old version of Green Goblin. And this isn't that long ago. It was probably like a week ago. And I was thinking, man, uh, Pumpkin Bomb, five dice and then Arch Nemesis triggers. It's pretty glorious, man. Like Amazing Spider-Man, he's going to have to deal with this now. Yeah, maybe he's coming as like a, a, a meta counterpiece. But then have you, you have to have a big Amazing Spider-Man problem to justify a slot in your roster to counter that one character. It's got to be like, this is the thing I am worst into. And if I see it, I really hate it. And I just don't know what that what yeah. has that problem. That's probably never actually a thing. But it is pretty wild because um, I think for like... People just have been enjoying playing Amazing Spider-Man, and now you have this random Green Goblin who can be pretty scary for you. Um, and then the leadership is great against Spider-Man. I mean, let's be real. This guy's Green Goblin. Like He, he was designed to be a menace <laughs> to Spider-Man. And I think he's going to be... Spider-Man that's the menace. Oh, fair. Yeah, it's all about perspective. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I don't know that I have anything. I don't think he like people tend to overdo their love for things. And I, I actually don't think Green Goblin's like insane either. Um, I think he's just we were so used to him being kind of a blank slate, like not that interesting. But like seeing him like he, this is exciting. He was always interesting. He just never worked. He just didn't do the things he was supposed to do. Yeah, he still has the dying on his other side problem, right? They didn't change his defense at all. Yeah, like, he still he, like he, rearranges madly. Yeah, if he gets injured, he may just disappear from the game. That's still a thing. Um, it's an unfortunate thing, but it is a thing. But, I mean, you know, his maneuverability and his ranged attacks should go some way to keeping him safe. You know, you wouldn't... Ex expect him to be dazed round two unless you're like i can't see why you would be playing him that aggressively yeah like when we were talking about pushing map b like you want to do that for like one turn and then probably run the hell away right like you just mess with the vp score and then get the hell out of there and assuming you do that well and it's timed well and you don't get spiked hard on his healthy side you should be able to do it um and then just kind of play the game on defense and try to win like that. that. To me, that seems like a very valid strategy, especially when you add in the sinister traps. Yeah, I think he's got a lot more. That plan is better out of Spider Foes, where he doesn't have leadership on his card. So if he go, if it does go wrong and he does end up getting taken out, then the impact it's having on your team is less than it is in Spider Foes. And like I said, I think Lizard does that job better. Sure, I definitely think and you don't have to really steal two map beasts to annoy someone. You can just yeah. have Lizard do it. Often if your opponent's smart, though, yeah. they're, they're going to put two characters down and then they still win, right? So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um, just the threat of doing that to someone it can get in their head a little bit and cause them to play weird, which I enjoy that kind of stuff as well. So... Hmm. Yeah. I think we're all pretty excited to see uh, a revamped Norman Osborn and hopefully we'll get some a good showing from Spider-Foes in the future. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. And I just finished painting my Green Goblin before this was announced and this felt like kind of a little gift. <laughs> and I, I plan on playing that new uh, Spider 
objective, the the four v four thing, or the the free for all mode, that special game in a, I forget what it's called, the symbiote thing. Uh-huh. And uh, I was planning on playing Green Goblin the whole time since my son loves Spider Man. I figured it'd be kind of thematic for me to like be his foe. But now that he, I know he's going to have Spider Man, and it's like I have Arch Nemesis, and now I have extra dice, it almost feels like too good. I'm a little, we'll have to see how it goes, but yeah, it should be a good time. Okay, I think we've lost Dizzard, uh, which is a shame, but uh, I know that he would want me to thank you guys for listening to us and spending some time in the danger room. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating or comment or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room.